Welcome back to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. We're going to have a little bit of a different episode today here at episode 321. And it's your host, Jack Wallace, is back. And we got Ryan Bennell here on the podcast. Uh, if anyone yes, following this account on GTD, um, as we looked anywhere here, you would see that he has been one of the main guys here, one of the main uh, producers and writers and everything of the whole site, as well as Going the Distance podcast, which obviously is the namesake here. And he's going to be filling in for Noah today. Noah's had to work all day, so he's unable to join us for this episode. We're going to go down and talk all about NFL. We're going to talk about this last week. I know that we're doing this on a Saturday, uh, which we have Saturday night football uh, coming in tonight. We were supposed to have two games today, but COVID pushed one back. It's weird. We're going to talk, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very strange. We're going to talk about the first uh, – the first sort of last week's all those games we'll get into a little bit of uh thursday night football we kind of have to do that twice now given that we've sort of missed a couple but um we'll get all into that but we're going to start off here with the playoff picture now the playoff race is one that's gotten down quite to the wire in terms of the wild card but the divisional races have been actually kind of locked up so far looking at the uh afc uh two of the three look not quite done, but getting close. And it's the Patriots with an 80% chance to win the AFC East and the, and the Titans nearly locking up the AFC South with 96%. And then the AFC North Ravens have a 53% odds. So basically anyone's game and then chiefs with a 60% chance to go ahead and close out that division. So it's getting pretty tight. It's getting pretty close, but actually I, I need to revise that because um, I didn't account for the fact that we, these were previews before Thursday night football the Chiefs now have a 94% chance. That's what I was just about to ask that because I yeah. know that that win against the Chargers was huge for them. Yeah, so that win did shift things a little bit. Uh, and then looking at the NFC, the NFC is uh, pretty much uh, wrapped up at this point in terms of divisional winners. Uh, the Cowboys are at 96% to win the NFC East, unsurprisingly. The Packers have a greater than 99% chance to win the a NFC North. Same thing with the NFC South for the Buccaneers. And then an 89% chance for the Cardinals to take over the NFC West. Pretty much all of those are locked up. Um, I did go ahead and look at results. And if Tampa Bay or Green Bay wins this week, I'm pretty sure it doesn't even matter. They both are going to be in. Um, it, I, I basically, I, I don't even think a loss even would change anything. I think it's pretty much nearly mathematically impossible for the Packers or the Bucks to lose out on that division race. So both of them are pretty much a lock. Um the and Cardinals, then we're though, at, I'm oh, actually kind of the the Cardinals at 89. I'm actually surprised they're that high. Aren't they only one game ahead of the Rams? They are, but the game makes well. Well, the problem is that their schedule next week is going to help a lot because they have Detroit this weekend. Oh, which, yeah. if they win that, and then even if you lose the game against Indy, and even if you then lose to Dallas, it's still 75 percent chance to win the division. But Damn. And that still is obviously I'm not accounting for the Rams here. We can go ahead and um, actually just to pull up the visual because this will look easier. So they're against the uh, um, Seahawks this weekend. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pull this up because this will be a lot easier to look at here. But this is sort of the visual that I was referencing. All this we use 538 for bringing everything. They end up being pretty good. So organizing it by divisions, and even if you scroll down here to just the NFC teams and. It's a tough schedule ahead for the Rams. And even if both teams win here, it's still 90-10. Yeah. And, again, both teams winning. But then let's say you mix it up a little bit. That's a handy-dandy little tool you got there. And see right there, but that's the thing. If the Cardinals, they, I mean, I think you can go ahead and say they should beat 
I, I think it's fair to say they should beat Detroit. But yeah, unless some major, especially with all the COVID shit, because isn't is Goff even starting for them? I know DeAndre Swift is still hurt. Does it does it matter? Frankly, You're right. It really it, doesn't it matter. really doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think it even matters. But then even if the Cardinals end up winning that game and then lose <laughs> the next two and the Rams went out, it's all of a sudden 80-20, and then you want to go up here and push to week 18, then that's going to determine it. What? Then look, is, they're 12-5, 12-5. 538. It's through ESPN. Oh, okay. Like, well, that's the stats cool. are through that, but it's um they do sports, so they have global soccer rankings, club predictions, college football, NBA, NHL. They got everything. Um, MLB cool. like this, which I we're actually going to get to this. I want to. I was going to bring up this point: Are the Falcons the best bad team ever, or like the worst good team? It they make no sense. So yes, I'm actually gonna um I'm gonna look into that on how the Falcons have miraculously won way more games than they should have this year, and it kind of makes no sense. So yeah, because they're still I'll, even in the playoff race, which is ridiculous. yes, which which is which is insane. So I'll get to that later. But yeah, basically the point I'm making is that while the Cardinals nearly have things wrapped. After the Detroit game, their schedule being Indianapolis at Dallas and Seattle, that's really not that easy. And I get Seattle's not been great this year. We'll talk about them too. But we know that divisional games are never just an easy wrap. And even if they end up losing that game, see how much difference that makes. Well, 90, yeah, even 95-5. And then all of a sudden the Niners have a shot to win the division. Yeah, even like the uh, – I mean, even though the Rams, you know, they just got that big win against the Cardinals last time out – with the Seahawks like, this weekend, they have a lot of COVID. I think they have like over 25 players on their COVID list, the Rams. So they might drop a game to Seattle too this weekend. But uh, hilariously, the 49ers actually do have a chance to win the division still. <laughs> I hope not. They just uh, well, lost no, on my would, Bengals in overtime. They would, they would have to win out and the Cardinals and the Rams would have to lose out, which would include losing to the nine, uh, the, um, the Detroit. The so, yeah, 0, 0.2%. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen, but it's just uh, just to – Fun to speculate fun, for the fun of it, but uh, looking yeah. at the wild card, uh, the transition to the some wild card play, uh, the Chargers, the Colts, Bills are currently your three teams in the AFC, and then the Rams, Niners, and Eagles are currently your teams um, in the NFC. But I actually am going to update that now that we say that because that doesn't include um, the loss that the Chargers just had. So the Chargers dropped down to seventy six percent; they were at eighty six. So that's still. That still has them in a pretty solid position. Uh, they actually still would be first, so that really doesn't change much for them, um, at least in terms of order. And then Rams, 49ers, and Eagles would be your three teams in the NFC wild card, which, yeah, the Eagles are still uh, the third team with the third highest playoff bro. odds, uh, I placed, even though they're this far down. <laughs> at the beginning of the season, I placed a future bet on the Eagles to have less than six and a half wins, and they're already one win away from losing my bet. And I'm like, are you like, are you kidding me? I but thought they were going to be so bad. I thought they were just going to no, be No, and awful. they should have been. But look at the you're NFC. Right. Like right here, look at the NFC. The Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, Cardinals, you're going to make the playoffs, no question. They're all in. Rams are going to make the playoffs. Not really much of a question. Niners, I mean, you have Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston, your next three games. You're pretty much going to win two of those. Even if you lose to Tennessee, it still really doesn't matter. So I think we can safely say Niners should make the playoffs too. It's also so frustrating – as a Bengals fan, because that that game last week was, <laughs> yeah, huge, was huge for San it was, Francisco. It was huge. It was also huge for us. Like yeah, we literally yeah. would have been winning the AFC North or out of the playoffs entirely. Yeah. But I but think the AFC that. North is going to be the most intense race. No, it probably will be. But but yeah. even look right here. That's six teams. That's six. Who do you yeah. have left? Is it going to be the Seahawks? No. Panthers are nearly done. Falcons and Saints are pretty slim odds at this point. Lions are obviously out. Bears will be out. Vikings have a shot. 
Eagles have a shot, and Washington has a shot, but Washington's been sort of slipping. Yeah, Washington's this weekend, been dealing with injuries, COVID, And this everything. weekend, they have everybody out, and the Eagles go there, and look what happens when the Eagles win, 50%. Yeah, because the Eagles are like – Vegas has the Eagles as like 11-point favorites, which is ridiculous for a divisional game. Yeah. It's just they and have then, so many people out. Then you should beat the Giants after that, and then yeah. Washington, you win and you're nearly in. If you're out, then it changes everything. Yeah, that's this is going to be fun to watch, actually. That's what's crazy is that game affects everything because let's say you win that. Who do you have their final week? Dallas. And that could easily be a loss. I don't know, though, because Dallas, but if it's the last week of the season, Dallas might be resting their starters because they probably already have it locked up. Which then if they do, all of a sudden you're 99%. So that's that's, that's what I'm nuts, saying, that, it's, that the Eagles' path to the playoffs is actually pretty uh, pretty, that's disgusting. pretty solid right here. Pretty that's, solid. No, I know. It's gross. But uh, in the hunt still, which in the hunt is basically anybody above nearly uh, done, uh, the Browns 40%, Bengals 30%, Vikings 28, uh, football team 27, Broncos 20, and Saints 19. Yeah, Broncos are still not done yet. Um, and then teams that are basically over but not mathematically are Falcons, Dolphins, Steelers, Raiders, Seahawks, Giants, Panthers, and Bears. They're all pretty much done but not officially out. Texans, Jags, Lions, and Jets are the only teams that are officially mathematically eliminated even if they by some miracle won any more than two games the rest of the year. So that's your look at the playoffs. I always just enjoy going over that. Um, it's a lot of fun to speculate and look forward to things. So we'll be doing a lot of that. Uh, hopefully by week 18, we hope week 18 can bring in some fun scenarios and not be boring because um, we get our week 18 for the first time ever. So um, I think that could be pretty neat. I think another now, game to uh, another game to watch for this weekend in terms of like playoff race is going to be even though the Broncos only have twenty percent in the hunt is the Broncos Bengals is going to be huge because both are seven and six both are in the in the wild card hunt right now that's going to be another big swing game uh, that'll be a lot of fun uh, I'm very much looking forward to that but uh, we have up next the game of the week game of the week here this week we've had a lot of good choices a lot of good choices. But I had to go with Buffalo against Tampa Bay. Now, this one does pain me to say, which I know the title of the video below will say too. I am not a fan of acting like Tom Brady is Jesus Christ. The media acts like Tom Brady is Jesus Christ and doesn't end it at any point. We hear the same thing. We hear the same thing about LeBron every every single day. We hear the same thing about everybody. We know. We get it. Great. I'm aware he's on, a, he's on basically a super team at this point, and they're all winning whatever they want to. But it still was pretty impressive. So they led by 21 at halftime. Tampa Bay totally choked the lead, and Buffalo forced overtime. But then Brady hits Bashad Perryman for a 58-yard score in overtime, which was not only the first and only catch of Perryman the entire night, which if you have him on your fantasy team, you basically just won the lottery. And that was also Brady's 700th touchdown, the first and only player to hit 700, which I get part of that is the fact he's played forever, but still obviously very impressive. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen had a quietly pretty solid night. He had 304 yards, two passing touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing. Um, he basically is the only guy on their offense trying anymore and didn't end up working. But, yeah, the Bills are in a very bizarre situation. I don't know if you saw the stat before, but um, out of the last – I think it's the last, like, 20 years or something. It's a while that the four teams on Championship Sunday that go in for the playoffs – Always one of them misses the playoffs every single year. The next year, one always misses. And that, and that and last year was the Bucks, 99% chance to make the playoffs. Packers, 99% chance to make the playoffs. Um, 
Chiefs, the Chiefs who, now, the Bills, yeah. who now are 94%, and the Bills, who have now been slipping, 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 and not done, not done, but it hasn't been a good run. So that's kind of what I'm thinking so far is it's like, not that, I mean, these things are gospel, obviously, but the trends are interesting, and the Bills used to be pretty much a lock, and now they're down to 67%, and now I do think they'll beat Carolina. But they should, should. But then I don't know if they're going to win at New England. I don't think they will. I don't but think the, so either, because especially but the good news, Foxborough. But here's the good news for the Bills. Your last two games of the season, hosting the Falcons, hosting the Jets. Yeah. Well, if they were going to get hot, they need to get hot, you know, at the end. That's why even if they go three and one in that stretch, the Bills still have pretty high odds to make the playoffs. I think it's if they do that, it's 82%. So it looks like that that we may be getting all four teams back um, unless the Bills sort of collapse. But they got to win against Carolina because that Atlanta and Jets game will be easier. And Carolina is one of those games that they could slip up. And I know Carolina has been terrible. We'll get to them. But that that game could be a potential slip up game. Yeah, I had Maybe. the Bills. I had the Bills poised in the preseason as my Super Bowl pick, like to go to the Super. Bowl. Not Why to win. Josh Allen is MVP. Oh yeah, I was all yeah. over him. Yeah, I mean, it, Which it one makes sense. There's a lot of preseason I mean, hype. Yeah, it wasn't he a bad still played pick at great. All. I mean, he still played great. It's not like he's been he's been. Yeah, he's definitely had a few more questionable moments than like his yeah. last year, but he's still been solid. I think there have been people online, like on Twitter, calling for his head, basically saying he's so overrated. And I'm like, are we watching Don't. the same game? Like he's. He's Don't still listen. playing. You know you can't listen well. to Twitter. You know you can't listen to Twitter. It's a bunch of thirteen-year-olds, bro. Just it's an awful place. Teenage rage. It's an evil place. But uh, <laughs> we can we can we can move on to our next game, which this was Thursday night football a week ago, and this was Pittsburgh against Minnesota. I uh, was watching this in a bar with a bunch of my friends, and I was losing it because I was playing against Minnesota defense, which had me quite concerned early on because Ooh. Minnesota was up twenty-nine nothing, and I was like, well, that's good. But then they ended up almost choking the entire game away. They ended up winning by eight anyway. Cook was absolutely ridiculous, 205 yards and his two scores. Big Ben is nice. an ancient sack of bones, but he did throw for 308 yards and three touchdowns, even though he lost, um, which I, I'll give him credit. He actually put up some decent stats this game. It's very easy and funny to rag on Big Ben, but I'll give him that. He Noodle did arm. play. His fourth quarter was genuinely impressive. I'll give him that. But – they still lost. It's still another loss for the Steelers. They're six six and one, which I mean, God, six six and one for the Steelers this season. I and I knew they were going to drop. I, they were one of my teams to drop this season. I'm not shocked that they're not that good, but still, like God, so six, six my, and one. My thing with the uh, Steelers, I'm pulling up their schedule right now. Is Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, so with that tie, they could be in prime position to finish 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one and maintain that record of no technically losing seasons. But but they got to pull off some big wins. Yeah, they got to play the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Ravens, which the Ravens is going to be – both of those last divisional games are going to be insane. They could lose all those games. They could They could straight up go They could literally – They. I mean, I don't think it'll happen because it's just odds are funny like that. But, like, would you agree that the Vikings are probably worse than all four of those teams? The Vikings I mean, or Steelers, you mean? The Vi- I think the Vikings are worse than all four of those teams. And the Steelers got to play four teams I think are better than Minnesota, and they blew it against Minnesota. Oh, okay. I see what, yeah, I see what you're that's saying. That's what I'm now. saying. Yes, like, yes, like, yes. I mean, not that that is determinate with everything, because I know weird upsets happen, but like, yeah, the they, shouldn't, they should yeah. not be favored in any of those games. No, I agree. I definitely agree, especially on the road in Arrowhead and on the road they're against not, the Ravens. Like, they're not. I don't know. Ravens, they could get lucky if the Ravens start winning, but – 
they're gonna that game could be winning your end for Baltimore. Maybe. Yeah, it might come down to that. Uh, next up, the- we have um, a game that shouldn't take too long to talk about, but does bring me a little bit of joy, and that is that Cam is more washed than a T-shirt that has been through the washer-dryer cycle 17,000 times because this is shocking at this point why he has a job. Because if you let the Falcons beat you on the road, which to be fair, the Falcons have been weirdly very good on the road, but – Five and two. Falcons are five and two on the road. Which, who would have thought that? But yeah. I mean, god awful at home. We actually um, at home. Oh no, we um, at Mercedes Benz Stadium. I think we have. I think we're like sixteen and twenty seven since that stadium got built. Yeah, at home we're god awful at Mercedes Benz. But for some reason, but uh, we make sure everyone else has a fun time coming. But yeah, the, pretty shockingly, the Falcons win this game and win it uh, pretty convincingly at the end. Uh, Patterson got another touchdown. Matt Ryan got another touchdown. No one was really incredibly standout on offense specifically uh Mikel Walker getting a 66 yard pick six um early in the second quarter um but yeah this is just sort of a good game I mean the Panthers were poised to win this game they were favored here kind of everyone thought they're gonna win and I gotta give it to them the Falcons have, are like I don't know are they good or bad or mediocre I don't know I mean I I think Arthur Smith if we didn't have him if we were still with Dan Quinn We'd have like three wins. It would, yeah. I think it would be a Maybe. lot worse. Right, right now they've been like all season. Even they've been such a hard team to pin because I thought after that little span of just dog shit where they basically, you know, forty three to three to the Cowboys, twenty five zero to the Patriots. Like I thought that was gonna, you know, they were a bad team after that. I was like, okay, we can mark them as a bad team. But then they beat the Jags, which isn't really saying much, but they got the win. Then they honestly played a pretty good game against the Bucks. They lost by 13, but they did better than I thought they would do. The Jaguars they, game woke us up. The Bucks, yeah, Bucks, yeah, the Bucks were too good. The Bucks were just too good. But yeah. we, were, we were awake in that game. We lost, but we weren't, like, dead. We were dead mm-hmm. against the Cowboys. We were dead against the Patriots. But we, we were awake in that game. And then we had the good Panthers win. And I still don't know if we're going to beat the Niners this weekend because that's that's Niners really need to get that win. So, I don't know, but after that is Lions at home, which I'm actually trying to get tickets to that. Uh, Bills on the road, which I'm also trying to get tickets to that. And then Saints at home, which uh, I'll be in Texas for that game. But um, I don't know. I think I, I think they're decent odds here. I, I think the Falcons have a potential shot to make the playoffs, but you got to get some miracles in there, and this weekend will determine it, in my opinion. I think yeah. you, win, you win here. I think you really have a genuinely good shot. You lose and you give up. Yeah, because I, I think they can beat the Lions and beat the Saints. And if you can win three out of four of those games, I'll actually I'll pull up the playoff thing again. But uh, looking at the playoffs against twelve percent right now, and you win those next two, and let's say you lose against Buffalo, and you beat New Orleans, that's a seventy three percent chance to make it. Which is nuts to think with the Falcons. Like I was looking, just looking through the games, and I hardly even realized that the Falcons are six and seven. I was like, really? But, but the Falcons are in control of their own destiny. If the Falcons win out, it's a greater than ninety nine percent chance to make it. So the Falcons still, with four games to go, are still within complete control of their own destiny, which is That's nuts, wild. crazy. But yeah, obviously this weekend is. I, I think you could maybe argue this weekend is harder because the because we're also talking Bills three weeks from now. And the Bills could have another couple wins under their belt and really like – but you're also in California versus playing in January in Buffalo. So it's like 
I don't know. That that still could be tricky. I'm just trying to think of the mindset of where the Bills could be a few weeks from now. But either way, that would that would still be very. They might they might also be in like must win zone though, for them based on their that's, record. That's why. So it's but then the Falcons could be too, and seeing how they played, like the Falcons have genuinely been a pretty good team in close games. Nearly every time we've lost has been just a blowout where we just sort of gave up early. So it's like if it's close down in the stretch, Falcons usually are pulling off wins. So we'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Baltimore and Cleveland in a game uh, between two of the most depressing cities in America. And this weekend <laughs> ended up being uh, a pretty interesting game because I don't know how Cleveland didn't absolutely blow Baltimore out of the water after the first quarter. But somehow <laughs> Baltimore made this game, which honestly credit to them. Lamar Jackson out with an ankle injury early, a 24-3 to lead. And the Browns only won by two here. So, and the Ravens uh, failed in the final drive. Like this really could have been. Yeah, they got the onside. Yeah, Mark Andrews was incredible. I actually was watching the game live, and they said on the broadcast they've missed their last twenty-six onside kicks in a row. Their last successful kick was in two thousand one, and then five seconds later he made the kick. So, just I mean, incredible. Um, But yeah, this was sort of a weird game because the Ravens were down heavily. We know that if there's any tired storyline, you can repeat for the twelfth time. It's that, yes, we get it. The Ravens are injured, but they just had it again, and you had to put in Huntley. I mean, it was just insane, and I got to give them credit. I know they lost this game. I know they didn't pull it off, but the, the fact they came back and only lost by two here is it's pretty impressive. No, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. On I the was, road, too, on the road. I had a, a parlay which featured Brown's money line, and so I was sweating the fuck out of that. I was so nervous, dude. I really thought they were just going to blow it. And also Vegas had that as a – it was a three-point spread. So imagine betting on Browns minus three only for them to just choke it by one point. Oh, absurd. Absurd. Ridiculous. Uh, This game uh, coming up next will take about uh, two seconds to go through. Saints and Jets, two teams that nobody likes and nobody should like. If you like them, you're a bad person. Uh, Saints in their five-game skid, they win 30-9. to This game had absolutely no reason to be there or look at or talk about. I I mean, it's the Saints and the Jets. What what do you think was going to happen? Alvin Kamara had an actually really good game, 120 yards and a touchdown on the ground, um, which makes sense because he's their main back. But uh, weirdly, weird stat here in this game, very strange stat, no turnovers. Wouldn't have yeah, thought especially that. With Zach Wilson in the in the stat sheet. Honestly, like I'm kind of surprised that there weren't any turnovers in this game. But um, but yeah, five straight losses pretty much killed the Saints team, which bless up for that. But um, and the Jets go to three and ten. Just I, I don't know why they don't just move to Canada. Like we just make a Canadian NFL team. Make I would actually NFL. fuck with that. I would like that. I'm actually Who surprised cares though. About the Jets. Why? I'm why surprised. The Jets. You said uh, if if you're a Jets fan, you're a bad person. But like, what do you have against Jets fans? Honestly, oh like, I no, kinda, I was just, I just, no, 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 no. no. I, I rescind that. I was just being mean to the Saints. I meant like, okay, fair enough. Okay, bad person for the Saints, sad person for the Jets. That, yeah, because I, I was like, I, I somewhat sympathy. respect Jets fans for still no, no, being no. fans. I, um, I didn't, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to to loop in Jets fans there. I <laughs> meant more sad because I, I, and I don't mean sad like a mean sad. I mean like genuinely, I, I feel bad because I mean yeah, I'm like also. I'm also a fan of a miserable NFL team, so I, I understand. I feel bad, but uh, shout out Zach Wilson for not throwing a pick here. Really, that's that's that is impressive. Is this his first week all year without throwing pretty a good, pick? Pretty good, pretty good odds, honestly. I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, I, I, uh, it might be. I would, I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans, two teams that I mean, why do they even play anymore every year? It's just you already know it's going to happen, and 
yeah, this was uh, pretty obvious. This game, again, we'll spend about two minutes on because there wasn't much to say. <laughs> Titans win 22-0. First home shutout since 2000, which is an interesting statistic. Um, Trevor Lawrence, when is the bus Yikes. machine going to come out? When are we going to start? And I, I get that he had to deal with Urban Meyer, which That's was That's what I was just about to say. I get that. But I also get that Urban Meyer isn't telling him to throw picks. Well, Urban okay, Meyer yeah, isn't telling no. him where to throw the ball. Like he still no. has like we know Trevor Lawrence. We know what he's done and we know what he did in college. Why is this how he's playing? And then I, I get the James Robinson stuff, which I get that's very Urban, that is Urban Meyer's fault that he had six carries for four yards. It's an absolute joke. Killed yeah, me Carlos in fantasy. That's why I lost beating in a grandpa, dude. That was honestly disrespectful. I have no idea why they did that. Um I seriously, I have no clue. That was ridiculous. But uh, but yeah, Trevor Lawrence was absolutely abhorrent in this game. It was disgusting to watch. Um, I'm very glad that I watched a very little amount of this game. Uh, it, it being a complete joke. Uh, anytime you get shut out, um, especially by the Titans with a decent Tannehill and no Henry is just absurd. Um, I, uh, I, I think it's interesting, though, back to your statement about when is the bust train coming out for Lawrence. I think it's safe to say that for Zach Wilson already that he's a bust. But... Oh, that's that's I think that's clear here, and I, and I yeah. get that you can also change opinions on bust too. I think that's fair because I think that as useless as they both are this season, you're still playing on the 2021 Titan or uh, Jags and Jets. So yeah. I get that there's very little help to begin with, but I also get you're still in week 15 of year one. And so well, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's like there's time. Is, I, I think. Well, I mean, I'm I'm already pretty heavily on the. Zach Wilson is a bust, but I'm still on the fence with Trevor Lawrence because I do give a lot of credit for his, you know, terrible play to the Urban Meyer disaster and everything. But I think even just how he plays in these last three, four games is maybe going to be a big teller of what we could see from him next year. But at the same time, it's hard to say that a guy of his caliber, you know, like you said, we've seen what he can do. We've seen what he's capable of it's hard to just think that he isn't capable of making that jump. Cause he was like probably one of the biggest sure things in recent NFL draft history, especially the quarterback position that I can remember at least. Uh, and then I wanted to look again, speaking of, of quarterbacks and sort of how they've transitioned this season. Cause I know we've talked a lot about um, bust and not bust and whatever. And I actually was going through some of the old episodes. And I remember we had one talking about Derek Carr. And uh, then I know, obviously, we have a lot of talk about Kansas City with how they've done. But uh, Raiders Chiefs faced off yet again this season. And Jesus Christ almighty, uh, Chiefs win 48-9. to This game was disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> do we know why Las Vegas decided to all go stomp on the Chiefs logo at midfield while down 35-3? to No, we don't oh, know. Oh, I why. didn't even know that happened while they were yes. down. I thought that uh, was no. pregame. No, it was 35-3 to at halftime, and they did that then. And I was like... Are you serious? <laughs> what is the thought process behind that? None. There is none. <laughs> it's just nothing. Um, I mean, I will give I, I, the only player on the Raiders to not be a complete joke in this game is Hunter Renfro. Actually, played oh, really well. Yeah. Thirteen receptions, one seventeen yards, and a touchdown. He was sensational in this game. Was by far the best receiver in this game. Dude, he's really had a breakout really year. He's, he's been really good. Very consistent. Yeah, he's been really really good. Uh, KC is now eight and one in their last nine games against the Raiders. Reed is now fifteen and three against Vegas all time. And this game was the largest margin of victory ever in their series. The last record was a thirty-five point win in nineteen sixty-four. God damn. Yeah, the last time they won by well, this much 
was when color TV was only a decade old. So <laughs> it's um pretty tough. Pretty tough. I think scene. Las Vegas, though, even though like they had their you could say hot start, quote unquote. I just think they're so dysfunctional right now with everything going on. It's too much off the field, idiot. And I feel they, so they just... bad for like Derek Carr and Hunter Hunter Renfro because like both those guys have been playing so well all year. Like they don't, yeah. I don't know, they don't deserve that. But they're dealing with a shitstorm. Yeah, it's been too much. Next up, we have a battle of the hated NFC East rivals, and it's the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redacteds uh, going up against each other in not Washington, D.C., because they play in Landover, Maryland. So beautiful Landover, Maryland hosted this game, and this game actually ended up being pretty good, which was bizarre considering the beginning of it where the Cowboys had a 24 to nothing halftime lead. Yeah, lots of lots of almost choked halftime leads this, yeah. uh, this, this week. But – um. But yes, yeah, twenty-four to nothing, and then a pretty impressive sort of comeback here. But yeah, this game almost ended up uh, being a victory for at least a tie game for Washington. They got really, really close right at the end. Um, they got a pick six with four minutes to go, and still almost held the Cowboys off. But a sloppy game from Dallas, very sloppy game. But it's a little bit of it. I just sort of throw to the fact that it's really difficult to beat teams within your division, and it's always weird. But if you're Dallas, you're in a pretty good position because you have at the Giants, which shouldn't be that difficult. Then you have Washington right after Christmas, Cardinals on the 2nd of January, which is the day before I get to Dallas, which sucks because I wanted to go to that game. That would have been awesome. Um, and then the, the week after that is an at the Eagles. So I wouldn't say it's the easiest schedule. I mean, the Giants have not been great, but Washington obviously is a pesky team. Cardinals have been great. And then Eagles, especially Cardinals a little bit later where their injuries could help. Um and then Eagles on the road uh, could definitely be difficult. Obviously, we know Philly is a tough place to play in regardless of the sport. But, uh, yeah, this game was just sort of bizarre. Um, not really a great day for Dak. He hasn't really had the season, the comeback season, I guess I kind of thought he would. I mean, it's not – I'm not trying to knock him either. He has 1,300 passing yards – or, sorry, uh, 3,300 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks. Um, but his QBR is 23rd. Which really Dak Prescott that I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, Jerry Jones said like, or it, I don't know if it was Jerry Jones actually, but there was something in the media about uh, that Dak has been holding the team back the past few weeks. He's he's he, he kind of has been good, but like I don't want to say that because even within the Cowboys fan base, there seems to be this ongoing argument of like whether or not Dak is their guy, and it blows my mind when Cowboy fans are like, "We need to draft a quarterback, get rid of Dak." Like. Are, you got to be out of your mind. I think he's definitely your quarterback, but the last few weeks have been a little, a little rough. My main takeaway though, with this game in terms of the Cowboys, like, yes, they're in a great position to make the playoffs, but the fact that they almost blew this lead to a team like Washington does not give me any hope for them to make a playoff run. Like at all. They're they're not, they're not in a great position right now. Yeah. And they need to really blow the giants out of the water for people to really regain confidence in them which they can i just yeah I don't know against necasaurus <laughs> mike glennon they should yeah they can that uh definitely is in the cards uh next up we have seattle versus houston in a game that is really bad if you like having eyesight uh that game we had a few games this week that were bad for that but i do enjoy the fact that i can see um and uh yeah anybody that was at this game uh, apparently doesn't uh 33-13 was your final score in this uh disgusting affair davis mills Threw the ball 49 times, which was interesting, but did get 331 yards to give him that. Russell Wilson was decent, um, and Tyler Lockett actually was pretty solid here, as well as Brandon Cooks getting over 100 yards. 
Um, Penny was the real star of this game, 137 yards and two scores. Uh, only didn't give him my player of the week because any guy uh, who plays against the Texans basically doesn't count because you're playing the Texans. Um, but he still very good for him. Yeah, he did pop off. Still very good. And Houston Fantasy. actually did try in this game. Houston did try. I'll give Houston credit. I, mean, I will third... say this game, too, was a little bit closer than the box score reads because, yeah, I mean, it kind of got tried. out of hand in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was it was closer than than it should have been. So I, yeah. I will um, – I'll give them that. So it wasn't that bad. But yeah, I mean, this game didn't really tell us anything we didn't know already that Seattle's not a very good team, but Houston's an abhorrent team. So it, yeah, not much here. Uh, felt bad for anyone who went. Uh, next up, we have a game that's almost worse, but there was a big moment sort of behind the game that made it more meaningful. And that is the Denver Broncos up against the heinous Detroit Lions. Um, in a game that really meant more off the field than on the field, because of course this was the first game that Denver had had since the passing of Demarius Thomas. Um, I wrote an article about this on GTD, so check that out. Uh, it was a big uh, guy for me throughout my childhood, Georgia Tech, and then Denver, but um, passed away only a few days ago. Uh, I think it was 33 years old. Uh, his birthday actually is on Christmas Day, so I think he was about to be 34. Um, but yeah, this game was obviously an incredibly emotional game. Um, for the Broncos. So that was, uh, it meant a lot for them to come out and win this game. Um, also their, uh, their last touchdown drive of the game was an 88 yard touchdown drive. Yeah. Which was just like, I mean, football's a beautiful thing. So that yeah. was, that was really cool to see. Um, Melvin Gordon was fantastic in this game. Javante Williams was great. The, the back-to-back running back duos they've had of just the one, two punch was really good. Yeah. Um, it's it like really what they, they played like they're supposed to, you know? Like, yeah, the, the, Broncos like the Broncos team want them to. The Broncos basically played as good of a game as you can ask. They did everything right they needed to. The Lions, I mean, since the Demarius passing, it, it was the biggest lock of the week of the of eternity that Bronco, Broncos are going to win this game. There was absolutely yeah. no doubt they were and not going to lose this the game. Lions, like, well, yeah, Lions didn't help. But, like, honestly, I didn't think anybody. it even mattered. It didn't matter. No, they could have played the Bucks. They would have won. They would have won. They would have won. This game was this week DT. was a lock, and it was it was really it was really special seeing that game. I actually watched a lot of this game, so um, I was very happy to see that. Um, even as someone who isn't really a, a Broncos fan, but like I was just for the sake of football, I was happy yeah. to see this again. Obviously, nothing against the Lions; they have too much already going against them anyway. Uh, next up, we have the New York Giants and the L.A. Chargers. They have had to play both L.A. teams this year. God bless them. Um, I was actually at the Rams game. I don't know if I mentioned that. I was at the Giants-Rams game in New York. Um, that was brutal. Um, and this game was pretty bad. It's <laughs> uh, 37-7. to uh, Don't let the scoreline fool you. 37-21. Uh, Giants scored two garbage time touchdowns. Yeah. Um, uh, Saquon Barkley is actually looking a little bit more like his former self. Not really, but he's getting there. Um, and then Guyton had a really scary injury at the tight end from L.A. He actually led the day in receiving yards. So he got hit really, really hard and apparently had a seizure on the field. He was brought to the hospital, and thank goodness he is okay. He's recovering. He's fine. You report on the social media. He'll be fine. So really scary hit. If you saw the hit, it's really bad. Um, it, it was tough to watch. But, um, again, thankfully he's okay. But, uh, but, yeah, big game for the Chargers. Herbert was incredible as usual. Eckler had a great game. Um but yeah, the, the Chargers are in a really good position at eight and five. The Giants are obviously sort of pretty much done with their season. Yeah. Yeah, not much 
I don't, have, I don't know. Yours. I was about to say, I really don't have much to add. I mean, it was kind of expected yeah. because Mike Glennon is the quarterback of all people. It's a joke. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the San Francisco Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Finally, your Bengals team we can go and talk about for a little bit because, as you said, this game was a pretty big game. This is actually my, my second-place game for Game of the Week. Um, I was really close to picking this one, too. But – this game was pretty tight start to finish, um, yeah. at least in the, in the fourth quarter coming back in because what a fourth quarter for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Two touchdowns for Chase, uh, of course, from Burrow after a 20-6 to six lead. Basically looked like this game was done. I actually had the Bengals in this game, and Noah had the Niners, so I was pulling hard for Cincinnati to pull it off. But uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um, once again, for the 10 billionth time, we can all cheer at how god-awful the NFL overtime rules are. We hate them. They're stupid. They make no sense. It's a joke that in 2020 when we're doing this. Um, though I get they actually worked somewhat in this I was, game. because I was just about to say in this one, yeah. yeah. This game, really it wasn't that bad. Uh, the Bills game, it was awful. That game screwed them. But yeah. this one this one didn't really matter much. Uh, but Cincinnati's two turnovers compared to San Francisco's zero killed them, even though time possession, first downs, and total yards were pretty much the same. You want to uh, know what really those, even teams. You want to know what those two turnovers were? <laughs> what were two, they? Two muffed punts. How often in an NFL game do you muff a punt, let alone twice in the same game? Like, the fact that we went to overtime, for those that don't know that are listening, I am a Bengals fan. So the fact that the Bengals made it to overtime is nuts in of itself. Like, the Niners should have had that game on lock. But, I, I mean, Joe Burrow did his thing. Like, he he went off. He had a, a, a nice crunch time drive to tie things up. Him and Chase had that connection. It was beautiful. And the fact that they – lost in overtime was heartbreaking because the defense was on their ass all second half they had stopped them stopped them especially in the fourth quarter but then come overtime they just they needed one stop and they couldn't get it done it was it was aggravating to watch especially with the you know we mentioned at the beginning of the episode but all the playoff uh implications that game had the Bengals, if they won would have had like a 60 percent chance but now they're down to a 30 percent chance which I'm still holding faith for the Bengals. I think we can get out and win the AFC North. We just got to beat the Ravens, beat the Browns. But this Niners loss, it hurt, especially because George Kittle literally just ran rampant on us. As I say, he was fantastic. Yeah, we could not stop him no matter what, dude. It was ridiculous. No, really, really great game from him. Uh, Now we can move on to Sunday Night Football, which featured the Green Bay Packers and their owner – which is all the fans who are very excited to be there. And then you had the Chicago Bears and their owner, who was leading out the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers plastered on his back because he does <laughs> own the Chicago Bears. It's very clear this is very set in stone. I like the way you we did that. This happened last time. Yeah, no, it's it's both owners <laughs> were present at this game. All the fans and Aaron Rodgers were present, so we know that everyone who owned both teams were there. Uh, four touchdowns, 45 points. Green Bay is 10-3, and three, and they are looking like one of, if not the best team in the NFL right now. Um, it, it's You can make good argument. The Bears are the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, Devontae Adams was electric in this game, two touchdowns. Um, the third quarter for the Packers was disrespectful, 17-0. Now, it was a slow start. I mean, 27-21 at halftime. So, again, again, teams blowing leads at halftime. For some reason, keeps happening this week. But a lot of teams blew, had really good first half, followed by a god-awful third quarters, and that was the case for the Bears in this game. Uh, the fact that Matt Nagy has a job is still mind-blowing to me. Um, Fields was pretty poor in this game, too. But, uh, yeah, impressive game for Green Bay. They did what they needed to do. Good win for them. 
Yeah, I think, like you said about Nagy, I've been saying that he's going to get fired probably for the last six, seven weeks. So I guess at this point, they're just going to ride with him until the end of the year. I mean, they have nothing to play for, you know? I mean, it's out for them. They're done. So I guess it doesn't really hurt. I don't know. I just don't understand it. But yeah, that was it was rough to watch. Well, they, I, I would have well, never what? fired a head coach midseason in team history. That maybe it's a pride yeah. thing, you it's, know. I think it's that because they've yeah. never ever done it before, and I don't think they're going to start now. Because there's honestly, what's the harm? You're already out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. That, yeah, they have nothing to play yeah. for. Yeah, so it's who cares? Uh, next up, and our final game, we're going to talk about because we're actually going to we're going to push Thursday nights to next week because we're just going to loop all that mess of whatever in the world this weekend's going to be um, in one podcast. But we have. The LA Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. And the big question I have after three Aaron Donald sacks, a clutch Stafford third quarter, again, third quarters, and seeing how the Rams are just really rolling right now, I get they're a game behind the Cardinals. But what is going on in the desert? Because they had a ridiculous start, lost to the Packers, beat the Niners, lost to the Panthers by a lot beat a bad Seahawks team, beat a bad Bears team, and then lose to the Rams at home. And I, I – where are they at right now? Because I don't I don't know. They're they're also a hard team to pin, which is ironic considering, you know, they're leading the division 10-3, and three, you know, at one point. Or I guess now they're tied for the best record. But, you know, for a long span of the season, they had the best record, which it was shocking to me. Like the whole time, I could probably right now even name – five teams that I probably think are better than them or five teams that I think have more Super Bowl chances. I would say the Patriots are better than them. I would say the Packers. It's, it's hard to say the Rams. Yeah, Packers for sure. Packers, Bucks, Packers I would are. probably say Bucks. Okay, maybe not five teams. That's mm. You could make an I, argument for The Rams, the Rams I think are right about with them because yes. they played twice and Arizona beat the Rams worse in LA. Yeah, they did split. I, I think they're still close, though, in terms of, like, making a playoff run, actually contending for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl level, they're pretty close. I I, I, I guess know. the Chiefs. I guess you could say the Chiefs. Would you say the Chiefs are better than them right now? If the Chiefs played the Cardinals this weekend, who would win? That's the question, then. Okay, if they played this weekend, I think the Chiefs would win. So, so maybe them. But I don't know. It's hard to rake it on a season versus a game because, like, you know, yeah. we, those are different. But – um uh, in this game we also had odell finally getting a touchdown so yay for that um and then cooper cup for the trillionth time this season had a great game how about him being a top three wide receiver basically this season yeah, good um, for him honestly i know it is good it is good for him uh indianapolis miami new england and philly were all off this week so nothing really of note to talk about with them other than just COVID stuff um which is sort of becoming a problem for everyone yeah, and literally. we now can take a look at our teams and our players of the week. Of course, we always sort of have um, uh, Noah getting in these two, but of course, Ryan's here today to give me his takes. Take but I'll spot. kick things off with the NFC, and I have Aaron Rodgers as my player of the week, and I picked him only because I hadn't even looked into right now, but I knew who you were going to pick. Um, but I left it open because I think your choice may be the player of the week overall. But I just really want to shout out Aaron Rodgers for playing a pretty much flawless game, despite having a rough team first half, really coming out and having a really good second half to salvage a game that could have easily been lost. Uh, and then my team of the week is going to be Minnesota um, because their victory over Pittsburgh basically buried Pittsburgh. And the fact that I get they were up by a lot, but the fact that they held strong, didn't choke it away and got the win is really big. 
and makes it where their playoff odds or at least doing anything later in the season odds went from zero to at least some shot. Yeah, they needed that. Yeah, they did need that win. Mine for the NFC, uh, like you said, probably the for sure player of the week. I almost actually agreed with Aaron Rodgers, but I kind of didn't want to do the same thing. Definitely a good pick, though. Uh, I have Dalvin Cook. It's mine. Like we said earlier, he finished with over 200 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and this was his game where I thought the Vikings were kind of rushing into it. I was almost hesitant that they shouldn't be playing him quite yet because of his injury, his shoulder injury, but he seemed fine, with, and especially because of how fragile Cook can be, you know, his injury prone. But he played, he balled out, so he's my uh, team of the or player of the week, excuse me. And my team of the week in the NFC is going to be the Rams. They got a crucial, crucial win in what we mentioned as probably the game of the week uh, in the Rams against the Cardinals. So I think they are still a Super Bowl contender. I think Matthew Stafford is still a top 10 quarterback, even though we had that questionable four-week span. But the Rams, I think they're looking good. They're kind of turning it on at the right time to get that win. If they can win out, that's going to be huge. But they're definitely my team of the week last week. Uh, before we do AFC, just wanted to shout this guy out. Thanks, John. Dude, Dude hell yeah, John. We love this. So whoever John is, if you're still listening, you're awesome. We appreciate you. Very <laughs> kind to say. I just want to shout that out. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, so talking about the AFC players teams of the week i have hunter renfro because i got a shout out for hunter renfro an unbelievable week really really great work in 117 yards got his touchdown he was fantastic in this game got to give him his kudos and for team of the week i'm gonna go with the browns because they honestly had no business winning this game in the start and then had a great golden opportunity with Lamar getting injured obviously i don't want Lamar to get injured just the opportunity was very good with that and they ended up holding on despite scoring zero in the second half Zero. (laughs) Miles Garrett had a ridiculous end of the game. Miles Garrett helped save this game, and the Browns salvaged out a win where they probably shouldn't have gotten one. And if they didn't salvage this win, their odds of any kind of playoff push would be very, very low. So this is a huge win. They needed this win, and to defend their home against the Cardinal or the Ravens is impressive. Um, And yeah, that's all I got. So what about your AFC? Yeah, that that feeds into mine because that uh, the Browns win really helped my Bengals, which is home to my player of the week in the AFC. Slight bias, you could say, but I think he balled out. I It was 324 yards, I believe was the exact number, over 300 passing yards, multiple touchdowns, including a drive with a two-minute drill with Jamar Chase there at the end to force it into overtime against the Niners. So I'm going with Joe Burrow as my player of the week in the AFC and then for team of the week, I'm going with the Broncos. I know they had they played the Lions. Of course, they're going to win that. But th- like we mentioned earlier, they played literally a perfect game for the Broncos. They did everything they were expected to. Their running back duo balled out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they got the win for Demarius Thomas. It was emotional. It was everything. So they're, they're my team of the week for the AFC. Uh, and we're now moving on to our final section, and this is lock of the week. And we're going over this as our last section because uh, we usually go through our picks with Noah. And to keep the consistency of the picks, we're going to leave that um, open to Twitter slash sort of our own tallies. And we'll get back to that. Um, The only thing we have down is I had the Chiefs to win. uh, He had the Chargers to win, which uh, I ended up winning that one. So that's the only one that I know locked. Uh, None of his other picks are actually in yet. So I don't know what he's picking yet, but we'll look forward to that when it comes. But my lock of the week here, because of COVID injuries, I'm going to have the Eagles minus six against Washington. And I'm sticking with this because Washington basically has their entire defense out. 
And I, it is, I mean, nobody coming in here. We don't even know who the quarterback's going to play. Bakista could be out. I mean, most of the, of the offensive line could be out. It, it's This is going to be, I think, a big disaster game for Washington. And I get they've played well. They won four in a row. Then they had the Dallas loss that was close and they fought hard. I get that on paper they shouldn't lose by more than six to an Eagles team that has had a lot more struggles over the last few games. But I don't know. I, I think the Eagles are going to be a much better team here, and I think those COVID injuries are really, really, really going to hurt Washington here. No, I, I agree. I think this is a really good pick. I was kind of scared because I thought – I honestly, uh, whenever I checked it a few days ago, the line was larger than that. It was not Eagles minus six. It may have changed a little bit because I guess – Everything is updating constantly right now with the COVID outs and COVID ins and everything. But my lock of the week, which even though it's a lock of the week, there's really no picks I'm 100% confident on this week, sports betting wise, because of all these COVID injuries, these line movements. It's really funky. But I'm going to be going with Jack's Falcons. Give me Atlanta plus eight and a half on the road in San Francisco. Oh, I hope you're right. <laughs> the only reason is because the NFL is weird, okay? And weird weird shit happens like this all the time in the NFL. This is a lot of points, too. Eight, eight points is a lot of points to cover. The Niners, they've been playing well, but I think the Falcons, with that sliver of playoff hope that they have, will come out here and at least play a close game. So I'm going Falcons plus eight and a half. Well, I, again, very, very much hope. <laughs> yeah. very very much hope you're right i don't know if that's gonna happen because we typically are an awful team to bet for but we'll see so hopefully that ends up going well for my falcons but we can now finish off with our outro here we thank you all for tuning in it's been a fun episode it was kind of a quick one but honestly the pacing of that was pretty good i like that about 50 minutes so that was a good one to get down but uh, thanks for tuning in for all of our playoff talk. Week 14 action. We will be back next week. Hopefully Noah will again be in on the podcast. I know his work schedule is tough, but we're looking to get right back in there with some more action. We'll try to get it, I guess, Wednesday, considering now we have Tuesday night football. So we'll try to get a Wednesday episode in. We're going to have to push that back, of course. Um, hopefully get one in around Christmas time. Maybe talk a little NBA for some Christmas. Who knows? So um, thank you again, Ryan, for helping out today and standing in. Always appreciate it. And, yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Thank you all for tuning in. So this has been the Blank Coverage Podcast with Jack Wallace, Ryan Bernal. Y'all have a great week. Peace out, y'all. Peace.